Well, last week we, <clears throat> we talked about prayer. Um, and as I mentioned last week, prayer is mentioned often in God's Word. Uh, last week I said that the word pray was used 316 times in God's Word. 316 times. And, and, and for comparison, that's about three times more than the word forgive and the word grace. So, so prayers is, is used more than well, some of those words that we think are really important. Forgive. And, and, and I learned this week as I was reading about prayer that there are approximately 650 prayers in the Bible. 650 prayers in the Bible. And as I said last week, if you just look at the New Testament, we're commanded to pray at least 25 different times. We are commanded, instructed to pray. And so I don't think there can be any doubt that, that prayer is important. As Andrew said, prayer is important. But I think that importance can't just be a, an importance that is in our mind. Yeah, we all understand prayer is important. Yeah. I will say that every day of the week, prayer is important, but it has to become an important part of our life. It has to become an important part of our activity, of what we do. See, God's Word calls us to be devoted to prayer. That's what we looked at last week. Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful in it. There should be a pattern and practice of prayer. Such that when people look at us, they see that we are dedicated to speaking with our God. There should be a persistence in our prayer. That's what devoted means. It means that a life is filled with prayer. It doesn't mean we dabble. As I was reading about prayer this week, I read a quote that I think touches on the ideal of devoted prayer. Listen to this quote. It says, our biggest problem is not a complete lack of prayer, but too little prayer. Little praying is worse than no praying. Little praying is a kind of make-believe, a way to merely ease the conscience. Oh, how we need to move from little praying to devoted praying. Oh, how we need the Lord to move us from little praying to devoted praying. And I hope this will become a New Year's resolution for you. I don't know if you make them or not, and I don't really care, but I hope you make those resolutions, and I hope you stick to it, that you want to be devoted to prayer, that you want to pray more, you want to pray longer, that you want to be dedicated and persistent in your prayer life. And last week, what we did, we looked at a few ways to increase our devotion to prayer. We looked at three ways. First, being thankful. We said, look, we can, we can use thankfulness to move us to prayer. So we should recognize the good gifts that God gives us. He does. He blesses us day in and day out. We have all kinds of incredibly good things from God. And so we should be thankful for those. But that thankfulness should move us to prayer. 
So when we're thankful for something, don't just say a prayer of thanksgiving, but then that should move you into prayer. So, so I gave you an example last week. Let's say you drive up to your home, and when you see your home, you're like, thank you, Lord. I have a place to lay my head at night. Okay, don't stop there. Then, then take that and say, you know what, Lord, and I want you, I desire for you to use this home for your glory in my neighborhood, that this home would become a light, that this home would be filled with your word. You see, we can use thankfulness. Being thankful can then move us to praying more. So, so be thankful, but let that be a trigger, a reminder to pray. And then secondly, we said, be watchful. Be watchful. Search out for things to pray about. Be specific in your prayers. I invited you to, to, to begin a prayer journal. Write those specific prayers down. And then importantly, notice when God answers your prayers, be watchful at how God is working in and through your prayers. Write those answers down. When, when you're praying about something, Pray, maybe you prayed about Mimi going to the hospital this week, and then you what? Guess what? Through the prayers of the church, she had surgery, and she's doing so much better. You see how God moves through prayers. We can't just discount the fact that the church was praying. Write those down. See how God is working through prayers. Be watchful. And then thirdly, we said be spiritually focused. Be spiritually focused. Do not... Limit prayers to just physical needs. Pray for spiritual things. We need to be praying that the gospel would be heard. We need to be praying that the gospel would be believed. We need need to be praying that the Lord would raise up more and more missionaries from our church and from other churches so that the gospel would be proclaimed. We need to, to, to pray that the Lord would cause us to understand Christ's love in a deeper, more profound way so that it impacts our life. You see, we, we should be praying not just about, God, give us our bread. Yes, we should pray that, but also pray the spiritual prayers. So those, those three things, I, I hope you can work those into your prayer life and that, that you will be more devoted to prayer this coming year. So today we're going to continue looking at prayer. And this morning I want to look at pitfalls to prayer. Some things that can hinder our prayers. See, prayer is a gracious gift. I would say it's a privilege. And, and And I think it's something that we shouldn't take for granted. As believers, as a church, I think sometimes we we take prayers for granted. We're just like, well, yeah, I I can pray. We think we're entitled to this gift. We believe that we're entitled to pray and we're entitled to be heard. There are several things that I think we don't look at that can hinder our prayers and, in fact, wreck our prayer life. And so I want to mention three this morning, three pitfalls. I briefly mentioned one last week, selfish prayers, selfish prayers. Oftentimes our prayers are selfish. They revolve around me, not meaning that you shouldn't pray for me. You should pray for me. I'm meaning they revolve around us, right? They revolve around our needs, my wants, my desires. We pray as if God is Santa Claus. Here's my wish list. 
please make me happy. And if we're honest, that's oftentimes what our prayer is. Or, or maybe it's like this, Lord, build my kingdom. We don't use those words, but that's essentially what we're praying. Build my kingdom. But how does Jesus teach us to pray? Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come, God. Father, your kingdom come. And yet oftentimes we're praying, build my kingdom. And what does Scripture say? Well, Scripture says in James 4.3, You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passion. Selfish prayers will destroy our prayer life. They will wreak havoc. When we are selfish in our prayers, those, those prayers are, are hitting a ceiling. And, and they're destroying our prayer life. Now, it's not always wrong to pray for ourselves. Jesus says in the model prayer, give us this day our daily needs, our daily bread. I mean, he, he wants us to pray for ourselves. But we need to, to be able to, to decipher what is a real need that we should be praying to the Lord for, and a selfish want. I think that's sometimes difficult. Here's a couple ways to avoid selfish prayers. Just a few suggestions. Rather than focusing on what you want from God, focus on what God wants for you. Rather than focusing on what you want from God, focus on what God wants for you. Secondly, include a time of praise in your prayers. If you don't do this already, do this. Begin focusing on God in your prayers, not just yourself. Start with adoration. Start your prayers with praising God for who He is and what He's done. It's a great way to, to move the focus off of ourselves onto the focus of prayer, God. And then thirdly, I would say, pray Scripture. Pray Scripture. Find some verses and pray those verses. It's, it's incredibly difficult for us to be selfish when we're praying God's Word. So pray Scripture. Second pitfall. So the first one is selfish prayers. Second pitfall is prideful prayers. Prideful prayers. Sometimes our prayers can be a show. We're praying just so others will hear us and think well of us. Wow, that lady can really pray. It's, it's about us. It's about our pride. What does Jesus say about that? Matthew 6 it says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. If prayer is a show, it's doing nothing. It's empty. And, and those kind of prideful prayers are just wreaking havoc on our prayer life. We must be careful that we're not praying so as to be admired or respected by others. We've missed the point of prayer if that's what we're trying to do. 
Now, this is not a prohibition on public prayers. This isn't a a silent prayer only kind of passage. It's helpful and healthy to pray aloud. In fact, Jesus taught us to do that. He taught his disciples to do that. If you look at the model prayer, this is not a prayer of one person, right? It's our Father. He, he's, he's teaching his disciples to pray together aloud. Pray our Father who is in heaven. Give us this day. Give us. Forgive us. Lead us. You see, this is a, a together prayer. It's good to come together admitting that we need help. It's good to confess that our only hope is our great God. So, so yeah, we should pray together. But when you do, check your heart. Check your heart. Because if, if you're merely praying so that others hear you, it is of no use. You might as well not say a thing. What we need to do is when we pray, we need to focus on our true audience. And that is God alone. We're not praying to others. We're not praying so others can hear our, our great words or our, our, our passionate prayers. That's all garbage. We're praying to God. He's the one who answers prayers. And so he's the one we want him to hear. So, avoid these prideful prayers. Check your heart. Set your mind on the real audience, God. And then third, and this is really where I want to hang out today, this third pitfall is unrepentant prayers. Unrepentant prayers. What is an unrepentant prayer? Where it's a prayer that is soaked in sinful lives. If we're honest, the way... We live our lives is probably our biggest hindrance to the devoted prayer life. The way we live is the biggest hindrance to powerful prayer. Sin can wreak havoc on our prayer life. This isn't Colin saying this. Listen to 1 Peter 3, 7 through 12. This is, this is the text for this morning. I know it took us a while to get there. But this is our text this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Peter 3. We're going to be looking at verses 7 through 12. Verses 7 through 12. You listen as I read God's Word. It says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you recall that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. What is this saying? Well, the way we live, the way we relate to our wives and our husbands, I would suggest, and even our families can wreck 
our prayer life. Our home life is important to our prayer life. So here's the shocking point that most of the time we just ignore. Because why? Because we're entitled to pray and we're entitled for God to listen to us. And so we just ignore this. But the shocking point is, it's when we choose to hold on to sin, when we choose to not change, when we refuse to repent, God will not hear our prayers. That's what Scripture says. When we are unrepentant in sin, God will not hear from his people. Unrepentant prayers. And this is not something that just Peter says. This is emphasized throughout the Bible. Let me give you a couple more examples. Psalm 66, the psalmist says, verse 17, I cried to him with my mouth and high praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. If we cherish sin, if we love it and hold on to it and don't repent from it, God will not listen. One more. This is one that we've heard a lot in the midst of this pandemic. And it's a great verse. And I think it's an important verse. But I think we need to hear what that verse really says. It's 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. We cannot expect God to answer our prayers if we are running away from Him. We cannot expect God to hear our prayers for good if we are embroiled in doing evil. That's the point there. We must humble ourselves. We must pursue righteousness and repent. Then God will hear. So what's the pitfall? Is if we just continue headlong into sin, thinking we're entitled to God hearing our prayers and giving us good things. That's not God's requirement. He doesn't have to do that. Sometimes does he choose to? Absolutely. In his amazing grace. But he does not have to. And what the Bible tells us is that often he will not. One commentator stated it this way. We should continually inspect our lives for parasites of sin that are eating away at our prayer life. It's a good visual that we have parasites of sin in our lives that are just eating away at our prayer life. To become devoted to prayer, I think we, we must unclog our lives. We need to change. We need to repent. We need to be different. 
Not just different, like, okay, well, I'm, instead of going to spend five minutes, I'm going to spend six minutes. That, that's not the difference that God is talking about here. It's not just spending more time in prayer. It's changing our character, changing our attitudes. And you say, well, what, what do I need to change? Well, well, look again at those verses. Verse 7, it says, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Show honor to the woman as a weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. What is this saying? It's like Peter's instructing these husbands to be kind and gracious, not to be self-absorbed, not to be demanding, not to be big-headed, not to be arrogant. Husbands are to to live with their lives in an understanding way. Here's the idea. If we're asking God for blessing and grace, then we better have a home that is full of blessing and grace, husband. You're asking for something that you're unwilling to give. And God's like, what? I've seen your house. Why on earth would I give you anything good? When you're mean-spirited, when you're arrogant, when you're overbearing. You see, that's the whole point. If we're to ask God for good things, then our home needs to be filled with good things, husband. Now, why am I addressing husbands? Because you are the spiritual leader of your home. And so as you go, your home goes. Now, is it limited to husbands? I don't think so. Because, look at verse 8. It says, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Peter says, all of you are to possess this same kind of graciousness, this same kind of kindness, this, this same kind of humility. We are to be sympathetic and tenderhearted or live in an understanding way. We're to have this humble mind. Don't be, don't be prideful. Don't be arrogant. Consider others' interests above your own. Don't be cruel, vindictive, apathetic. We need to see that God wants to give us what we are already giving to others. And when we don't, it is an absolute hindrance to our prayer life. We must unclog our lives so that our prayers are heard. And Peter takes this one step further. We don't like verse 9. We do not like verse 9. Not in the church, not in the world. But this is what Peter says. That our prayers are hindered when we insist on justice. When we insist on justice, our prayers hit a ceiling. Look at verse 9. It says, Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. Verse 9. This is not a standard of non-retaliation. Non-retaliation is a good start. But when we are mistreated, believer, one who has the treasure already in Jesus Christ, we are to offer blessing to those who mistreat us. (laughs) 
Now we see why we don't like this verse, right? We're not to repay evil words with more of the same. We're not to, to, to end prayer requests like, well, you know, this person said bad things about me as a prayer request. No, that's just returning evil for evil. We're not to return mistreatment for mistreatment or hurt for hurt. We are to do the opposite. We are to do as Jesus did for us. Are you thankful that God does not require justice? Or I guess I should say he doesn't require justice from us. He required absolute justice. And it put his son on the cross. But we're given grace. And mercy. You see, this is not an issue of feeling or emotion or even obligation. It's an issue of being changed. We are to be different. We're to be humble and gracious and tenderhearted, even to those who have wronged us. Even to those, brace yourselves, who have wronged our children or our grandchildren. That's the requirement. You say, well, why? Why should we be that way? Because that's how we want God to treat us. (laughs) So do you want a strong, healthy prayer life in 2021? The scripture says, then do right. Turn from your sins. Be different. Look again at verses 10 through 12. This is kind of a summary Peter goes back to the Old Testament and he brings in these verses to kind of sum up what he's saying. Whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of of the Lord is against those who do evil. Husbands, live with your life in an understanding way. Be kind. Be gracious. Don't speak evil. Don't be malicious. Change. Turn from sin. Seek to bring peace into your home. You should be the peacemaker in your home. If not, Your prayers will be hindered. Your prayer life will be ineffective. Church, be gracious with your words and your actions. Don't hold grudges. I think the church is the worst place about holding grudges. And we need to stop. We need to be slow to take offense and quick to forgive. Why? Because that is what Jesus did for us. And if we don't, then guess what? We could pray all we want, but our prayers will not be heard. It's a serious pitfall to the Christian life. We need to, we need to be gracious. Don't worry about being the doormat. Jesus was the doormat for you. It's okay. Because you already have the treasure. We must be kind. We must 
pursue peace. We must be the ones that are pursuing peace. Because if not, our prayers will not be heard. How can we ask God for grace and mercy and blessing when we are stingy, unforgiving, callous people? It just won't happen. So be devoted to prayer in 2021. Resolve to pray more this year. Resolve to pray longer this year. But also resolve to avoid these pitfalls. Avoid selfish prayers. Focus on God, not yourself. Start your prayers with praise. God, you are amazing. Your grace never ends. Start with praise. Remove the focus from yourself and put it where it belongs, on God. And avoid these prideful prayers where we're merely praying so that others could hear us. Now pray for the audience of one. The one that matters. God, not others. And avoid these unrepentant prayers. Change. God gives us new mercies every day. Through the power of the Spirit, you can change. I don't care where you are in your walk with Christ, you can be different. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives in you, believer. You can change. So change so that your prayers are not hindered. Be kind and gracious. Pursue peace. Oh, that God would hear a thundering roar of prayers from First Baptist Church this year. Wouldn't that be amazing if God would like have to cover his ears? I know he doesn't have to, but just, I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the kind of picture I want to see. It's like God's like, oh, First Baptist Church is praying. They're so loud because our prayers are heard. Wouldn't that be amazing? We need to be devoted to prayer. Because without God, we are nothing. Without God doing it, we can't do it. So here's how we're going to close our time. We're going to close our time with just some guided prayer. So we're going to take some time to pray right where you are. You can pray silently, or you can pray aloud. Whatever you're comfortable with, And I'm going to give you an area of prayer. I just have four of these. And I want to just spend a few moments praying for and about this area. And so um, bow with me if you would. The first area is just praise. Just, Just take a few moments to praise God, to exalt Him. Tell the Lord why He is great, why you adore Him, why you love Him.
is plaguing my life. Ask, ask with all your heart to him to reveal your sin. And then ask the Lord to change you, to change your, your heart, to change your mind, to cause you to be more gracious this year. Third, I want you to pray for whatever is, is just heavy on your heart right now. Maybe it's a loved one that's sick. Maybe it's a, a family issue. Maybe it's something that's just plaguing your life. God, I just ask, I just want you to, whatever's troubling you, whatever's a major concern in your life, just, just offer that up to the Lord. Trust the Lord to work in it and through it. And lastly, pray that the Lord would use you to expand his kingdom in 2021. Pray that the Lord would make you a more willing witness of Jesus Christ. Pray that you would love others more deeply, that you would share the good news of Jesus Christ more often, and then pray that God would save. God, we need you. You are, you are everything. God, without you, we have nothing. You've created all things for our good, for our benefit. God, we have muckied the water by sinning and rebelling against you. And yet, even in that, you demonstrated your love by sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. What an amazingly gracious and good God. God, I pray that you would convict us, whether it's a big sin, whether it's a small sin. God, I pray that you would move our hearts to, to root it out of our lives, to kill it, and to pursue you. And God, I pray for those big life concerns, God, those things that are plaguing our minds day in and day out, whether that's the sickness of our, of our loved one, whether that's cancer that's invading our bodies, God, whether that's marital issues, God, whatever, God, I pray that you would work in them, God, to show us that our faith is not in the, in the resolution of those things. Our faith is in the God who has brought all things to be made new through Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you would make us bold this year. That FBC would be a, a group of prayer warriors. God, and that we would, we would stand in the gap 
that we stand firm in the culture and we would point people to the only Savior. For there is salvation in no other name but Jesus Christ. God, do what you would in us. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. It's in Jesus' powerful and precious name we pray all these prayers. And all the people said, Amen.